0: I'm Jess Connolly, and you are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We exist to equip and encourage kingdom women who are using their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. If you are a mom, a student, an artist, a doctor, we are hoping that this episode will leave you encouraged and ready to run. We're so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey friends, Jess here. Listen, we have a very special Mother's Day episode for you today. We have my dear mother, Deb Hopper, and I want to tell you before we even get into the episode, if you are a mom in a traditional sense, if you are a foster mom, if you're an adoptive mom, if you are someone who mentors women, if you have a mom, this episode is for all of you, and we pray that you find encouragement and that it equips you and meets you right where you're at. I do want to tell you just a little insider info at the top of this episode. It was actually supposed to come out last Thursday, and it was posted on all of our podcast feeds. And early that morning, I happened to listen to the episode. I don't typically listen to it, but I listened to it first thing in the morning and just wanted to hear, and I realized that I had made a mistake in my language. And in the first part of this episode, you're going to hear mom and I talk about spiritual motherhood and what that means and the implications of it and maybe why we've gotten so comfortable with that phrase, but, but really what we're saying. And honestly, she has some really beautiful and insightful thoughts about it. But the first time we recorded this, I kept using the phrase biological when referencing the non-spiritual mothers, and that is not at all what I meant. What I meant is women who have children in their home that they're mothering, but we all know, and I know, that is not always biological. Oftentimes, that means children you've adopted or children that you've inherited from other family members or children that you're fostering. And so we pulled the episode really quickly because I really wanted mothers of all kinds to feel included and honored and blessed and seen. But I wanted to just issue a quick apology in case you happened to listen to that episode and then saw it disappear. That's why. I kept using the word biological, and it's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was relational or familial, meaning you have people in your home that you're parenting. We see all moms. We bless all moms. But we're going to talk a little bit about the distinction between spiritual mothering and familial or relational mothering. And I just wanted to have better language for it. So we re-recorded that portion. Also, if you hear any difference, part of it we recorded a week ago and part of it we are recording today. But you guys matter to us and how you feel about your motherhood matters to us. So with all that said, let's hop in. We've got Deb Hopper on the podcast today. All right, Deb Hopper. It's it's Deb month in my life (laughs) and I love it. Now I will say, I did ask you this question last week, but we're re-recording, and I'm at a disadvantage now because last week I asked you what do you want for Mother's Day, and then I went and bought you some Mother's Day presents. Oh. But I mean, number one, I think I killed it. I think I did pretty good. I'm sure. I'm pretty good. excited. But it is Deb month in my life because it's not only Mother's Day, and I love to honor this incredible mom of mine, but it's also your birthday. Love (laughs) I love that you love birthdays. And I love birthdays because you love birthdays. So I do want to know, what do you want for Mother's Day?
1: Well, we talked about a a night away or a day away. But, you know, I give you the same answer that I kind of give all three of you every year. I just want time with you. I want some time to hang with you, some time to talk and catch up. And whether that's lunch, dinner, or
0: time on the water, I'll take all three. Well, listen, I'm really excited about your actual gifts, but I'm also excited that we have some time together planned. Yes. And my kids have been asking me, what do you want for Mother's Day? What do you want for Mother's Day? And I have so many answers because I am such a wanter, which is not something I love about myself. (laughs) But I keep thinking like, ooh, I really like a new yoga mat. And also, there was another workout-y thing that I really wanted, a yoga mat. I'd really like some new tennis shoes. Yeah. But what I landed on, what I really want from them is for them to clean out my car. I love that. Yeah. And so they keep asking, are you sure you don't want anything else? And I'm like, no, I just want you to deep clean my car. That's it. I just want you to like detail it. Yeah.
1: I think every woman would enjoy that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No matter where you're at. So I I hand that to you, listener. If you are thinking of, you're like, what do I tell them I want for Mother's Day? Also, I don't know if somebody needs to hear this, but let's talk, actually, let's talk about this. What do you do if people in your life are not good at Mother's Day?
1: Well, I think you just take what what they give you, you know? Like, do you remember? I remember one of those years when I was a single mom with you and Kate, and you wanted to fix me dinner. Yeah. And so I pulled up. You were probably 7 and 10 at the time. And so I pulled up at the local Kroger and parked out front, and let you go inside and pick out frozen meals. Yeah, I mean, probably today, that wouldn't be a good thing. They wouldn't let children go into a store (laughs) alone. (laughs) But it was the 80s, and so we got away with it. But you picked out frozen meals, and you came home, and you microwaved them, and it was the best gift ever. So whether it's, you know, your two-year-old picking you some flowers from the neighbor's garden that they shouldn't have picked, or your wish list on Amazon. Or whether it's a random gift, because just enjoy the gift. Joy
0: and receive it. Okay, I love that advice. I'm going to give a counter perspective in just a moment, (laughs) but I think you should hear both. But I think you've also hit on something important, whether you're a mom in a traditional sense or not, and you're here for the spiritual motherhood conversation that you're going to love. I do want to say, check on your single mom friends and check in with their kids. So I've been trying to do that this week. You lead an incredible single moms ministry. So I've been trying to check in on my single mom friends, their kids, and say, like, do you have gifts? Do you need a little money? Can I Amazon a gift to your house for you? Um, But don't forget to take care of Mm -hmm. the single moms in your life. Okay, here's just my counter perspective. I agree. I don't need to send out an Amazon wish list, but I think there's something to say for communicating hopes and maybe even like desires, especially if they're free, especially if even maybe the better way to say is like communicate expectations for motherhood. Yeah, I think a few years ago Mm -hmm. I had to start to say, I would actually really love to sleep in and I want to explain to everyone here what that means.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That means 5.30. Well,
0: specifically, I'm like with my kids, I would have to say like, that does actually mean you're going to have to be quiet. So I'm going to ask that you don't turn on the TV that lives on the other wall of my bedroom, you know, at seven 30 in the morning. Can you read quietly for just this one morning? You know, I think Mm -hmm. communicating expectations or even desires in a really, again, like hopeful and expectant way. Not like, here's how I want everyone to pamper me on mother's day. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, don't let the the day pass you by and then have that same regretful, like then not get me a card You know, my friends who don't have kids didn't tell me happy Mother's Day. If you're like me and a lot of your friends don't have, you know, don't have kids or don't understand, like, number one, you can kind of try to let them off the hook. But you could also say, like, send them a picture and say, I'm celebrating Mother's Day today. I love you. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You don't. I just don't think we have to play that, like, I'm so bummed out game if we have some, like, easy expectations or hopes to see fulfilled. That's good. I like that. And also,
1: I just want to tag onto that. I mean, you're good at doing this as well, is remember, you can bless yourself. Come on, you know, say it. I mean, tell somebody. <laughs> I mean, not just in buying the things that you need, <laughs> but this week, I, you know i was I was making a list yesterday of what I wanted to do for birthday week and Mother's Day, and I thought, I want to see the water every day this week. Yes So I put on my to-do list to either so good. an hour at the pool or the beach. Or just seeing the water every day this week. And I'm going to check it off when I get it done. And that's something I can take care of.
0: That's kind of exactly what I mean. Like, if there is something, if you're like, man, I would just really love to go on a walk by myself. Make it happen. And say, hey, guys, I'm going to be going on a walk from 2 to 4. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> figure it out, <laughs> this you know, blesses me, right? or if you don't yeah. have support people, like trading time with another mom, like, let's say your spouse isn't in the home or he, he works all weekend or something like that. Like going to another mom and being like, listen, we need to take our mother's day for each other. I'm going to take the kids half of the day on Saturday. You're going to take the other half. You know, I think like, I think we can fight defeat even here a little bit. And of course it's a man-made holiday. And of course we get the joy of mothering. So all the things, but yeah, I, you can bless yourself. Yes. Amen. <laughs> I love that. But I do also appreciate the like, you know, also take what you get and be grateful because mothering is the gift. It really is. It's the gift. So we win. Okay. We're going to dive right into this conversation. And here, I've already given a little disclaimer. Mm -hmm. We're re-recording this part of the episode, but I have told you now privately, I was so taken aback. I think that's why (laughs) you (laughs) stumbled. I was so, I asked you a question and assuming you would answer one way and your answer was so opposite that i then did not i i just was not using the correct language which is why we're re-recording this so i'm so excited to hear you talk about it again because i haven't stopped thinking about it but here's what i asked you i said talk to me about spiritual motherhood do you love that title do you accept that title because i'm in this unique perspective of you're my mom Obviously, and I have two sisters, and you're their mom. But I also go to church with you, where you lead on Mm -hmm. staff and pastor, and lead a lot of other women. Right. And I watch a lot of them look up to you as a spiritual mother. I made a joke about how I'm trying not to be so jealous about that anymore, but that's a (laughs) true struggle for me. (laughs) And so I said, like, what does spiritual motherhood look like to you? Talk to me about that. And then you came for it in the most beautiful way. I want to hear your thoughts again. Okay, I feel the same way I did last Thank week. Thank God, praise God. Yes, I think we need to get
1: rid of that term. I think mm-hmm. we need to throw it out. And here's why. I, I've really prayed about it, i thought about it, and it's not just a gut reaction. I feel like for two reasons. One, it doesn't honor or give credit to the women, the people that actually have done the work yeah. of birthing, raising, parenting, shepherding in whatever way, yes, but they may not have done it in a spiritual way if we call other people spiritual moms. And I feel strongly about that because my own mother, and we've talked about Nana, yeah, your Nana, who has been in heaven 10 years now this year, but best mom ever in so many ways. She gave me my love for birthdays and celebrations yeah. and holidays. She showed me a lot of gifts of hospitality in the home. She was tender and she was strong in some really, you know, hard seasons of her life. Yeah. But she n- never once that I can remember taught me about a scripture or a passage from the Bible. She never prayed with me. Yeah. I would not have called her, you know, my spiritual guide. <sighs> Which is wild.
0: I know. But I I'm looking now back with eyes of reality, honestly, because so our Nana, my Nana, your Mm -hmm. mom is everybody's favorite person. I mean, my kids that barely knew her, she's still just hallowed. An icon. She's an icon. We love her. We don't have a family. We don't have time together as a family where we don't tell a story about her laugh. You know, we all are trying to do our best Betty Powell impression. We're all trying to be her. And yet when you shared this the other day, I was like, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. She never prayed for us. Yeah. She never sent us a Bible verse. Now, I will say, when I look back, even with like reality glasses, I'm like, that was some serious faith. She still had like serious faith. Oh, she loved God. Yeah. It was just expressed in such a different way. Right. And so we didn't receive it in this mentoring. I mean, she never corrected me. She never, I mean, she knew me through multiple pits. She never said like, now, Jesse you got to figure this out. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> you know, she never even, so much just corrected me. Right. Or wrote a Bible verse and a card for me. Right. And when you said that the other day, I was like, whoa, you're right. But you have always, you have absolutely had women in your life who've done that from a spiritual perspective. Yes. And you have never discredited the honor and the, and the value that your mom held. And so when when we talk about this, we there's so many little caveats to hold. So I mean the first major caveat is I share this with you. I think partly the reason we have seen a prevalence of this phrase spiritual motherhood arise is beautiful because we want to validate the maternal gifts of the kingdom that we see executed in the lives of women who may not be parenting in any sense. They don't have kids in their home. They don't have kids that they're parenting by any realm. And yet they still get to access this beautiful gift, the maternal side of the kingdom that is like, I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to shepherd. I'm going to teach. I'm going to guide. I'm going to lead. I'm going to care for. And so I like hold space for that to say like, what we're not saying is that if you do any of those things in a kingdom sense that you don't get to access all the full maternal aspects and rights and responsibilities and gifts of the kingdom. It's just that that phrase, I see what you're saying has like become so we, we have, I don't know, we've like worn it as a, we have put it on as like a new weird badge of honor. And I don't know that we know what we're doing mm-hmm. from an honor sense to our mother. So then this is the next part I want to talk to you about. Then the other huge caveat is the women who would say like, okay, well, my mom or my grandmother, was not nana banana like she was not Betty Powell right she was not kind she was not loving you know it is very hard for me to honor her and i want you to speak into that too well i think you know i have the benefit of hindsight and and
1: a number of years thinking about this processing pain of childhood my mother was not a source of pain but my father was but i've found ways to still honor him and the things that he did bring into our life yeah without putting him on some kind of pedestal that he didn't deserve to be on. He still provided for our family. He still served in in a war. He was faithful and dependable (sighs) in in a lot of ways. Yeah. But there were a lot of scars there, too, and scars that we've had to work through as a family.
0: Yeah. I told you the other day, I've been, so we've been doing this honor project with our kids. We've been trying to help mm-hmm. them understand honor. And I know from like a church perspective, it gets like messy. Like some churches have like high, high, high honor culture, which we don't have here at Bright City. You right. know, I, you and I are the only people who call Nick Pastor Nick. <laughs> it's kind of funny it's it yeah. a little funny and I guess sometimes <laughs> and um but that's not how our culture is like nobody gets his coffee right. for him nobody we don't have parking spots you know right. we say honor flows the way of the cross right yes. so honor flows the way of the cross so um it flows down it flows up and it flows to both sides we honor everybody that being said we've been talking to our kids about honor because we we see a real lack of honor in their life, <laughs> specifically yeah. towards like some adults with authority or um, like positioning in their life and us in particular, which we tell them. And we've been reminding them, like, it's so crazy because this commandment, honor your your mother and your father, it's the only commandment with a promise. Mm-hmm. Honor your mother and father so that it will go well for you. Yeah. And in thinking about this and thinking about like, okay, even even my friends, which, which you know, this is not a far off story from us without getting really, really vulnerable and transparent. This isn't a far off story f- for either of us. Like we don't have to imagine like what it would be like to have hard relationships somewhere in the family. But for my friends who, who I if I were counseling them one-on-one and they had very hard relationships with their mother or their father, I do want to say that I would still encourage them to honor, but knowing what honor means is pivotal here. And Honoring doesn't mean like allowing them to send all over you. Right. Honoring them doesn't mean you don't set boundaries with them. 100%, um, I yeah. would say for me, it has a lot to do with how you talk about them yes, and how you speak mm-hmm. to them. And sometimes the best way to speak kindly to them and about them is by setting boundaries. Right.
1: <laughs> you yes. Know, know um, yourself. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's by saying like, actually, I am not going to pick up the phone every time you call. So all that being said, like I still think there's this call to honor even when people are really broken and sinful. And I want you to talk a little bit about honor. And then I want us to go vulnerably again to talk about the season where we had a really hard, I feel like I had a really hard time honoring you. I hope it is a blessing to other moms. Okay.
1: Yeah, I actually dug into the verses about honor in Ephesians and in Deuteronomy. In Ephesians, the Greek for honor is Tima, which means to value, to fix the value on Mm. something or to prize something. Mm. And so it's not a fake prize, you know, it's fix the value on it. And so in thinking about my mother and my father and how I can honor their lives and what they did, and what they gave to me and to our family. That's what I've tried to do. Fix the value on it. You yeah. know, there's a value in everything. There's yeah. a value in in people's lives. And if you just look, you know, once you're distanced, it's easier too. If you're in the middle of a painful situation, it's hard.
0: Yeah. Okay, Laura, I'm talking about the distance too in a second. But yeah. you know what we didn't get to say in the first episode that I know you will agree is that if you want a longer form example of this. If you want to see what this could actually look like in a very extreme example, you have to read Beth Moore's memoir. Yes. Uh, One hundred percent, After we got yes. done recording last week, I was like, "Why do we not bring up Beth Moore's memoir?" No, I thought about the
1: same thing after yeah. I listened to the audible and yeah, hearing her voice and the yes. way she tenderly and carefully described her childhood. Yes, without tenderly. tenderly oh, I could cry talking about and it, and gave honor to the to the places and the things and the yeah. the prizes. That her yeah. parents gave to her, yeah. It really,
0: it did prompt me to then write that newsletter about my mother. Yeah. So you're going to talk a little bit about this in your newsletter this week that comes out this Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yes. the day this episode is going to re-air. If you guys don't follow Mom on Instagram, Deb Hopper. It's just Deb Hopper on Instagram, right. correct? And you can find all the information. But we're also going to put it in the show notes to sign up to get her newsletter because you're going to share a lot of thoughts about this. But yeah, this we're saying like such short snippets about it, but. After hearing you talk about this and listening to Beth Moore's podcast, I was like, oh, there's something for our generation here. There's something for us here because TikTok culture and like all the beauty of modern psychology, which I'm a big fan of, um, I'm a big fan of therapy, et cetera, all those things. But when we digest, it's like how people go to therapy on Instagram, like when you just Mm -hmm. when you're reading graphics and you're not doing like actual real work, you know, Um, and you're like just it's. Now I'm rambling, but it's a little bit how we call ever similar to how we call everybody a narcissist now and it's like, whoa, that's a big word, you know? That's a right. big word. Like somebody having a bad day doesn't make them a narcissist. There are real narcissists. Let's don't let's don't negate that by calling everybody a narcissist, but I think that there's something here for our generation about being able to do both. Like let's grow and evolve. Yes. Let's say this was bad. This was harmful. I do not want to repeat this pattern. This person hurt me. I can take the space to grieve that, to learn from it, to set boundaries. And yet I'm going to honor them. Yes. Let's don't throw out the honor. So I just, I think that was really interesting. And of course, all that being said, we also believe in the name of Jesus, that if you are a woman, there is no part of kingdom motherhood, for lack of a better word, that is off limits to you. There's no part, right? Right. Having a child in your home, birthing a child, adopting a child, going through the fostering process, inheriting a child from another family member, whatever that looks like, that is not the moment that makes you able to use these God-given gifts. So whether you have a child in your home or not, whether you never plan to, you get to access all of the beautiful and incredible maternal parts of the kingdom. Yes. You get to lead, you get to care, you get to shepherd, And we're there for it. I bring it. (laughs) I love
1: when younger women give me a word or speak prophetically to me or pray for me in a personal way. I mean, I just I I could not go through my days without it being a both and.
0: Yeah. So we need all
1: the generations pressing in for more of God. Yeah.
0: Okay. In a minute we're gonna talk about adult motherhood and you have a word for some moms of adults and, and I hope we will encourage some of the adult children as well. But I did want to share this in light of the honor conversation and the mother and the value is that I wanted to say before we recorded this last week, you and I had never talked about this publicly. I don't even know that we've all that much talked about it privately no. and we had different takes on this season. But I told you, like, I still feel like I have to massively repent for the way I didn't honor you in my late 20s. Mm. And I had never yelled at you in my life, never talked back to you growing up. I was not obedient, right. but I wasn't a yeller. I wasn't right. a fighter. You were silent. I was a, <laughs> I was a silent sneaker. <laughs> yeah. But something happened in my 20s that I now see a lot of my friends walking through where I just I was convinced like you didn't understand me. I was convinced that I just wanted to do everything differently. I was convinced that I had to like make my own way. And I went through a season of really struggling with honor. In fact, I told some friends about this episode, and I was telling them that, and they were like, we literally cannot imagine. And I said, I'm telling you, you can't. You cannot imagine. Like, the way I treated you was so unkind. But you and I talked a lot about how some of that is a very normal yeah, norming, storming, storming, forming. like It's all a part of the 20s. Some of it is really normal. And I watch a lot of people in my life going through it. And so my encouragement is, number one, I'll actually say this. Like, Watch who is speaking into the way you treat your mother and your father. And in my life, and I, I shared this the other day, I was in a really toxic church community that was really incredibly toxic. Not cute, TikTok. Calling things toxic. It was incredibly toxic and harmful. And they encouraged us to do conflict and confrontation and accountability in an incredibly unhealthy way. And I was trying to bring that to my family, which I had no business to do. God had not asked me to be your accountability or to correct you. And so a lot of that conflict was because I was trying to lord something over you or cr- every, it wasn't just you. It was everybody in my life. You know, right, I had conflict right. with everybody in this season. So I want to say like, if you're continually surrounding yourselves with people who like let you kind of just talk awfully about anybody, about anybody, not just your parents. But if they're letting you talk about your friend or even your kids or your husband or your spouse, and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. They're the worst. Maybe let's find new people to talk to about conflict because nobody's the worst. Like the worst of the worst people have value in them and need to be spoken about in that way. And absolutely we set boundaries with harmful people, etc. All of those things, of course. And also we need to talk about people with respect and value and honor because they're image bearers of God. Oh, and we don't lose anything yeah. from that. And so my my one thing is like I would encourage women if you're struggling with any kind of relationship, but specifically with if you're an adult struggling with your parents, like make sure you're talking to honoring people about it. And then my second is like, do take a deep breath because. Hindsight is twenty twenty, And what I told you is when things really started to shift for me is when I realized I am making the mistakes right now with my kids that they're going to be talking about in therapy in their 20s and 30s. (laughs) And how do I want them to look at me? I really want them to look at me and say, like, she was doing absolute best she could. I mean, I want them to be like, I don't want to repeat these things my mom did. I want to learn from them. I don't want them to be like me. I want them to do better than me in so many things. But I would be so devastated if they were like, oh, she was the worst. Yeah. Cause I'm trying and I love them and I'm bleeding out for them. And I started to realize, like, oh my gosh, you were bleeding out for us. Like, and you still were in my 20s and you still are now. And so that hindsight of like just really starting to like see. The beauty and everybody doing so much with like what they've been given. You are a yeah. single mom, like raising two hellacious teenage girls. <laughs> I've got some that like don't even come close to what you were dealing with. And you were like praying for us and pounding the pavement, asking God for things for us and, and patiently seeing more in us and calling us up to more. And so. That moment does come where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I am making my own very big mistakes right now. Right. And I'm still trying as hard as I can, which is wild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you
1: get a lot of grace for other people after you're in those spots yourself. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be just a decade of 20s. It you know, there's some maturity. It can be different seasons. Yeah. But it, it does come... You are able to extend more grace, and you know, I, th- I remember we even wrestled with that phrase when I said it one time, well, they're doing the best with what they've been oh. given. And you took me down.
0: I about didn't know that. I didn't know that about you, but you know, Katie and I, that's our story. We had a no. knockdown dragout fight over that phrase. No, I remember having, I hate it. Healthy discussion with you about I it. Hated you hated that, that phrase. phrase.
1: But I think for me, watching generations before me that came up in very different circumstances, very different yeah. privileges and, and yeah. lack of and just a lack in their lives gave me a lot of grace for them yeah. to say they never had parenting classes. They never had biblical training on parenting, and they didn't have anybody really speaking into their lives to, to show them how to do it. So yeah. it, it it just gives you a little bit more grace when you look at somebody's background yeah. and you look at their scars and their wounds, yeah, and you're able to to just just excuse a lot more.
0: Yeah. Okay, I want to say a few more things about it. Yeah, number 1, they're doing the best they can with what they have. That that phrase was very triggering for me and also very very indicative of where I was because I was in a a church culture that said no one is doing the best they can with what they have. We are right. all sinners. We are all worms. We are all the worst. And it just wasn't a complete picture of the gospel. And so I couldn't, I couldn't live into that for myself. And, and ultimately for me, that's what led to like deep, deep depression because I was like, I am, I'm the worst. I'm the worst there is. And it just wasn't the whole gospel. right? (laughs) It wasn't the complete gospel. So some of it is that is the gospel, but the other thing I want to say is, you know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. We talk about balance and how do we work? How do we balance work and rest? How do we balance grace and truth? And our often answer at Go and Tell Gals is, does it need to be balanced? And I would say this: the same is true for this. Like balancing honor and boundaries are not things that need to be balanced. Balancing respect and also like wanting to do a new thing in your in your life and like grow, those are not to be balanced. Right. Honoring and respecting our parents does not mean that we say like everything they did was perfect and I would oh, do it right. all the exact yeah. same. You know, we don't balance these things. No. We can do both, but one informs the other. Right. Um. So I just wanted to oh, add God. that too. And this is a last word on spiritual motherhood too. I think like, obviously this is not the definitive answer. This is like, you're giving such a beautiful perspective. I think it's less about saying like, do you feel like a spiritual mother or not? And more of like a check about maybe putting that label on other people in our lives. Yeah. And I do want you to speak a tiny bit to the pressure of, if you will, yeah. of like feeling that label and what that means.
1: Well, I think another reason we've accepted it so readily is it is used a couple of times in the Bible. Deborah was called the mother of the nation. Yeah. And because she was a mother and then she was a leader, but she was a powerful she was a judge, but yeah. she was also a, a warrior leader yeah. in battle. And the term mother of the nation, sometimes that gets used, you know, about me from other people. She's yeah. the mother of our church. Yeah. She's the mother of this room. Yeah. And I just think it 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 makes it too messy and it is a little bit of a weight yeah. on me because I have three that I'm mothering and <sighs> eleven that I'm grandmothering. Yeah. And it's it's a full time job. Yeah. And when I divert those nurturing, I can still nurture people without mothering them. Yep. So when I feel the weight of mothering someone who may not feel like they have that in their life, it's it's added pressure. Yeah.
0: So good. And I believe it may be just another straw on the camel's back of the way that we're setting leaders up for failure right now. And the way we're finding ourselves disappointed in people, like she was my spiritual mother and then she sinned rather than being like, well, I was really learning from this person and she needed God. And she had a moment where she didn't trust God for a minute and we both needed the gospel. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like just another straw on that camel's back of like, this is too much for one person to hold. Yeah. Yeah. And truth be told, you know, if people
1: knew like my, my innate mothering skills, I don't think they'd really want me to be their mother. Disagree. You know? No, because I mean, <laughs> think about the tough love and the way that I I didn't always nurture, but I was very because I had to be. I was in a season of, you know, of doing it alone for a while, but you know, our joke is if you were sick, I said, "Take a shower. Yeah. Take a nap unless you're bleeding. Which you go to school,
0: maybe." You me know who I am. Uh, right. And I think but, yeah, I think what the truth to it is like you're so uniquely qualified to mother the people God's given you to mother. Exactly. Whether they're biological, whether they're adopted, whether they're foster kids for a season, like whether God brings them to you for a lot, you know, you're so uniquely qualified Uh to mother them and we can trust his insight about placing us in front of them. Because yeah, like it's like when I tell our friends that you and I talk openly about sex and they're like, I could never. And I'm like, right, that's great. Or the way we coach each other, you right. know, or how even encouraging we are. I think even the amount of life that we speak in our family, I think would be too much for people,
1: you know. Or, <laughs> or how you three girls already like teach and lead me in certain areas. So, well, that's, I, don't I mean, I said under your teaching three times that's, last weekend. That's true. Um, I get, I get words <laughs> from Katie regularly, not, I get encouragement yeah. from Caroline. Yeah. But I think about Mary and, and Jesus, you yeah. know, and the, that scene where, you know, in, in the Bible where she prompts him to do his first miracle, changing yeah. the water into wine. Yeah, And he's like, it's not my time yet. How did Mary feel? I feel that way sometimes. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot to parenting that isn't mothering.
0: I also have the benefit of getting your encouragement in my motherhood. And I want to say right now, you are such a gentle advice giver. You're so good at giving it really gently. Sometimes I won't even know until after it's over that I'm like, oh, she just very gently corrected me about my motherhood. You do that on purpose, right? No. You don't?
1: No. I really try not to give any advice. That was kind of my what I was going to say about adult children. Yeah, but, which we're going to get to. Yeah. But I would say your best thing should be, you know, caught, not taught.
0: Yeah. Well, let me tell you what it looks like. So I, I want to talk yeah, a little a bit example. about encouragement that you would give to current mothers who are yeah. in the thick of it, which raising my hand, I'm in the thick of it. So I will say, I feel like 90, 80% of our interactions about my motherhood is just straight encouragement. You just constantly tell me you're doing everything right, which I'm not, but I know that you're saying that because, you know, I feel a lot of shame yeah. and fear. And so you're saying like, you're doing great. Keep going. You really, one thing that really means a lot to me if there are any mothers of adult children listening is that you kind of mourn with me when it's hard and you'll mm-hmm. say that is hard yeah <laughs> like that i'm really sorry yeah that is hard but here's what i mean sometimes maybe it's just because i know you so well sometimes when you don't say anything i know you're thinking what could she be doing here and then often you will present even like a prayer or a verse Mm -hmm. or an idea that you want to help me with. Yeah. And I can tell like, she's noticed like, here's a gap or here's a left turn I could take, or here's a shift I could make, but you don't say "Jess, you should try this instead. Instead. You'll like, again, I feel like you'll give me a verse or you'll give me a prayer or you'll say like, Hey, I was thinking, why don't I come over and we'll try this? You know, I don't know. Like, I feel so like, okay gently corrected. Or sometimes like just if you're quiet and not in a withdrawn or hurtful way, but if you're a little quieter, I can tell like, okay, I might be the crazy one right now, not my kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the hardest thing because especially for me as, you know, as a, a doer, an achiever yeah. and a strategist, like I, I want to make a plan to make yeah. whatever it is
0: better. Yeah. And
1: yet yeah, you're Also equipped to do that, and they're your children. Yeah. So, you know, I guess that's my biggest piece of advice to moms in the thick of it is just live your best life and your truest life for who you are. Yeah. While you're in the thick of it, because later you're going to want to keep living that life. That's good. You know, that's good. So, woo. Well, for me, that was always heavy on the career side because I didn't have a lot of options, I didn't have the choice. Or the chance to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I had relationships all day long. So I really had to fight to decide what did I really need in the margins of night and weekends yeah. to still be fully alive Yeah, and still parent yeah. and mother. So it, it's different for every single person, you know, without comparing yourself yeah. to the next person. But but I did always try to stay fully alive, to try to stay fully wow. engaged. In life, because if you don't, then what you end up
0: doing is living through your children. Yeah. And then you do that your entire life. Yeah. Okay, so let me mirror back what I'm hearing you say, and you tell me if I'm saying it right. So, you know, I was in like a really hard motherhood season the last few months. Something that I tried to do, because I do feel like you very much modeled this for me, is I kept exercising. Mm -hmm. I kept having girls' nights. I kept kissing my husband. I kept trying to laugh. I didn't pull back on any of those things. I kept showing up at work. In fact, one night you had to like coach me as I drove to a speaking engagement after a horrible day of motherhood. Yeah, Everything in me, like I wanted to not go. I knew I had the freedom to call them and say like, this is just not going to happen. Right. But is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. And I want to say none of that felt Life-giving at first. Like, some right. of it was really hard. It is To hard. show up to the things that made me feel alive. It'd be easier to, to
1: pull the covers over, you yeah. know? Or just find a way to, to hide. To act defeated. Yeah. Yeah. But if you keep showing up. Wow. Keep doing 100% of what you know that you're supposed to do. Yes. Not what the next person's doing and not what yes. another mother might do.
0: But what is your, man? what is, what is your fullest life? Yeah. That's a good word. Whew, that is a word, word, word. Okay. You and I have never talked on the podcast about this. So this is completely fresh. I don't know. Have you even talked about this anywhere publicly? I want to talk about adult parenting, parenting adult children. And I just, I know a lot of friends who are in the thick of it right now. And in this transition from like, My mom was my mom. Maybe insert like a gentle eye roll. Now I'm figuring out my own motherhood. I'm figuring out my own adult life. I don't know her place. I feel like I hear and I know you hear from those mothers of adult children. Mm -hmm. This is really hard. So first of all, we had a transition for sure. Yeah. I always tell people I'm just being really vulnerable right here because this is about me and my sin. People always ask me, my daughter, Glory, is 15 and she's fiery. She's a firecracker. And they always say, is Glory just like you when you were a kid? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I would have never crossed my mom. Right? Confirmed. Probably but never yelled at never. you. I did that one time about that magazine, the Time magazine that was in our bathroom. Do you remember? It's the only time in my entire oh, childhood I remember no. yelling at you.
1: You're my memory. So Yeah. There
0: yeah. was a Time magazine that had a cover of like the Oklahoma bombing. And I I've lost it one night. and was like, and can we get this Time Magazine out of the bathroom? It's triggering. But I didn't say that. But I was like, that is the only time I remember yelling at you ever. So funny. I think everybody in the family was having an argument. And I was like sitting quietly in the corner. And I was like, well, I want to say something about the Time Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very well, sensitive kid. Yes. I did not yell at you. I did not cross you until I turned like 25. Yeah, and then I was really disrespectful for like five solid years. I don't think you were disrespectful. I, I th- do, and I you were just
1: no. You were just forming and and figuring out who you were. Mm, I was a hot mess. I 20, was I was not like honoring that. you
0: well. I really wasn't, and. No. I get, I write, I have compassion for myself. And then I was like, I was finding my voice. I was also in a very toxic church community yeah. that was teaching me like, this is how you talk to people. And also, you know, this, it was just really unhealthy. And so I was trying to figure out, I think I was also figuring out my Enneagram 8-ness, which had been deeply buried. I didn't know how to do conflict well. What I know now is that I'm really good at healthy conflict. And then I just wanted to do conflict. <laughs> Like, I didn't want to do it healthy. I just yeah. wanted to, like, get all this tension out on the table and wrestle it out. And now I really want to get tension out, but I want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt people, obviously. Anyways, it was hard. 25 to 30 was hard. And I know it was hard, not just with me. Yeah. So, it's can, a tough, yeah, it's a tough talk decade. about the whole thing.
1: I really only have one piece of advice for parenting adult children because I learned this the hard way and still don't do it correctly all the time, but that's, do not give advice until you're asked. Yeah. Do not give advice. Yeah. Insight, your ideas, your thoughts on anything, whether it's home decor or parenting. Yeah. Or fashion or careers. Yeah. Or places to live. Yeah. Don't give advice unless you're adult child comes to you and says, what do you think about this? Right, And then game on. Yeah, You can say what you think and feel, and feel led to talk about. But when does that cut
0: off? When do you do it at 18, when they graduate college, when they get married? Because I think there's a lot of people like, right, the boundary lines are blurry. Yeah. When does the, because you have to give your child advice, whether they want it or not. Right. So right. when does it cut off?
1: Well, I would say as long as you're you're providing for them in any sense. Oh, I like that. You're paying for them. You're paying for their lifestyle. You're paying for college or an apartment or what any of that. On, what if they're just on your insurance? <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> if you want black and white, yeah, then they need to get off your insurance. Okay. You know? Okay. As soon as if they can, want it to be clear. As soon as they have a yeah. job and are starting to, yep. you know, I mean, you know, that was our right, <laughs> our biggest deal. You, yeah, get you it, out of the house and on your own. It's our life. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'll never forget. So, I mean, both my older sister and I got married really young. And you guys were really clear. Like, you can get married whenever you want. We right. love these spouses. But you are on your own from day one, yeah. which was really helpful for us. And I'll never forget, I got pregnant eight months into being married and I wanted to switch doctors. I think I've told this story before and you've said you don't remember it, but I wanted to switch doctors. I wanted to switch actually from an OBGYN to a midwife for my first pregnancy. And I called you and basically said like, is this okay with you? And you were like, not my body, not my baby. You don't ask me anymore. And I was like, Oh, interesting. (laughs) okay and you were like sounds good but like this isn't my decision anymore yeah and I was like oh got it yeah yeah that kind of guides the advice yeah you know
1: of when you give advice and when you don't yeah but it's tricky I'm, I'm telling you it's tricky because sometimes you'll be in conversation or in relationship with your adult child and you think they're asking, but they're not really. They're wanting affirmation yeah. or approval yeah. like that time. You had already researched it and decided kind of where you wanted to go. Right, right. So you weren't really asking me no. what I thought about midwives. I wasn't
0: asking for wisdom. I was asking for permission, permission. which is different. Right, it's very you know? different. Yeah. Interesting. And I
1: still struggle with it. You know, it, it's not easy.
0: And, you did a great
1: job. No, I. You I really Really. Well, and that's my only advice to, to the flip side to you, the adult girls. You know, is give some grace yeah. when they get it wrong. A hundred percent. Because it's the hardest thing to have been down a path Ugh. and already seen victory, seen defeat, and or victory. Yeah. And then not be able to speak to it. Yeah. And not be able to advise or give yeah. your opinion about it. Yeah. So I mean, I messed up as. As recently as last week. And once I messed up, I knew the only thing I could say was, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then just let it sit. Yeah. And then it came back around, you know? Yeah. So it I don't get it right still.
0: Don't you think this is like a I think this is a rule for adult mothers and adult daughters, but don't you think this is probably a general rule for all relationships that For there to be abundance, there needs to be a lot of grace. Yeah. There just needs to be a lot of space. And honestly, if I'm honest, probably partially what like for me helped us make the switch from like tension in my late twenties to like, you know, literally I would crawl into your skin and live there for the rest of my life. (laughs) And, and I tell you constantly, like privately and publicly, like I really just, I'm really just trying to be like you, like I want to do everything you do, you know? Something changed into like, I don't necessarily, I'm not driven by a desire to make you proud. I feel like there's not a wound there where I'm like, I need you to tell me good job because you're so affirming, but I just want to do what you do. <laughs> just want to do how you're doing it. But I do think probably part of that transition was me seeing the future weight of my kids and yeah. my relationship with them and knowing there is no way I'm getting out of this thing doing it right. No. There's no way I'm getting to their adulthood with them looking back and saying, "Man, my mom was right. perfect." Oh. So if I don't give you a ton of grace and space, how in the world am I going to ask for them to have an abundant relationship with me? Exactly. If I if I think I have to be perfect for them, you know,
1: you're going to have so many messy moments and so many times that you regret if you want to live in that regret yeah I mean I could live in a thousand regrets right but I can't
0: yeah I can't
1: and thank goodness I don't have the memory for it and same well the worst that you remember is the time magazine
0: I really do I think like this is my word to adult daughters who are really wanting to to see some healing or some abundance or a new season with their moms I would say like Even if you have a great memory, I have an incredible memory, like put some things to bed, Yeah, you know, and the best you can, God did change my mind about this, but I think some of it was like a decision to let my mind be changed. But when I look back on anything, because you get, again, I have a phenomenal memory. So I can remember like so much about childhood, but I see all of it now in this light of like, she was a courageous single mom showing up without many of the tools that we have access to. You did not have the Enneagram. You didn't have like, you didn't have people looking out for single moms the way they are starting to now. Like you didn't have phones to check in with us. I always tell you the piece I cannot get over when I think about our childhood is I'm like, you had to do laundry without Netflix on your phone. (laughs) The only way I do laundry is putting in my AirPods and watching Netflix. It's the only way my kids have clean clothes. And you were just out there doing laundry, just doing right. the laundry. Listen to what, the radio? <laughs> I don't, we didn't even <laughs> have television. I'm just saying. That's that ancient. It was in one room and you had to move yeah. all the laundry there. I'm just, just saying. Right. You didn't have a podcast. Yes, I can remember hard things. I just see them all fast in this light of grace and yeah. just awe of you. So in the name of Jesus, like you are going to have to let your mom off the hook. And you are going to have to say, I want to see this from her perspective. So much of your twenties is about seeing your childhood from your perspective. But when you want to see the light, start seeing it from everybody's perspective. Yeah. How was that for her? How was that for them? Um, How was I for them? Gosh, almighty. You know, like I was a really, really, really difficult kid in different ways than my, my older sister was difficult, you know? Yeah. I was secretive and snotty and like, Oh, all the things. Anyways, I want to see more adult women walk in as much healing is as possible. It's not going to be possible for everybody, but as much healing and abundance as possible with their moms in their adult lives. Yeah. Looking ahead instead of looking back. Yeah. So good. Okay. Speaking of that, you know, I want to ask you this. I do feel like we have so many (laughs) tools as Current day present mothers that you didn't have access to, I really just want to know which ones are we not taking advantage of? (laughs) Which ones are you like, ladies? This is going to help your motherhood. Step into it. Use it right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've always enjoyed technology since we had email and the internet um, in the eighties. But I feel like I'm still behind the curve on on a lot of things that I'm learning from from you girls and. And I would just say, you know, learn and grow as much as you can and take it all on, but then throw off what's not not comfortable for you. Because for me, like, well, here's an example, a really silly example. Instacart was not something I wanted to embrace initially. I thought it was wasteful and unnecessary and I'm very frugal when it comes yeah. to like daily living I'm yeah. extravagant when it comes to experiences I would even still
0: say you're extravagant but no I, I feel like I'm,
1: I'm pretty frugal and like I still yeah. get the senior discount yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah go to the store when I on the days that I can <laughs> but but then the pandemic hit yeah and I was like oh Instacart really might save my life
0: right literally literally yeah So, and, you know, I threatened to come tackle you if you went to the grocery store. Right. There was also that. I
1: was going to the store when seniors could go at 6 a.m. Right. right. And then I decided that's not helping anybody, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not a 6 a.m. gal. (laughs) So, yeah. So then I embraced it. But now I've thrown it off except when I really need it. I still really enjoy grocery shopping Mm. because I feel like I can work that, that budget muscle. Yeah. Better in the store than I can online, but I use it for emergencies, you know, yeah. when we're traveling and I come back home and need Sunday dinner or that's good. for whatever reason. So that's one example. Podcasts, my yeah. goodness, take advantage of everything that's available in learning. That's good. You know, po- we didn't have podcasts, audibles, eBooks. And so I, I like embrace all of those. And then I, I settle into what's good for me, you yeah. know, in terms of, of, I like Kindles. So I like eBooks or I'll, I'll listen to an Audible. But then occasionally I'll pull out a hard co- hard copy book. But to not try any of those things, like you said, Netflix while you're doing laundry, you know, it just helps find yeah. what is, you know, I like to listen to to fun things
0: when I'm doing hard things. Come on. Pleasure-sucking. Yes. Love Love it. Love, love, love. Okay, I just want to take a minute. Will you just give like a final word to anybody who's listening? Anything you want to tell them about motherhood? I'm not going to say spiritual motherhood, but motherhood, any way you want to encourage them or bless them or send them in this season?
1: Just that it's, if you're in like the thick of it, you're in a hard season, you know, it sounds so silly to say this tool will pass, but it really is mm. going to pass.
0: Thank you, God. And it
1: really is going to, you know, if you continually like release your children to God, yeah, and take your hands off of them so tightly, yeah. they're going to end up as beautiful humans that yeah. you're going to love being with and love growing with. Thank you, God. Um, it's just there are some seasons that are hard, and yeah. you're going to have to just walk through the hard and try to repent often when you screw up yeah and then keep your head above water and keep your your head down in your your devotion time and your time with God. So good. You know, to get wisdom from Him. But it's gonna pass. Yeah. yeah I think that's the long distance view. Yeah. You know, that I enjoy so much right now is knowing how God brought you and Katie and Caroline out of some Dark seasons yeah. into beautiful life. Yeah. And so if you're in that season of diaper changing or a terrible two, mm-hmm. you know, or a teenager who's really testing you yeah. every day, just know that it's a season.
0: Yeah. Seasons
1: have a beginning and an end.
0: Praise God. That's such a good word. Hey, we love you. Thank love you for you. everything. Oh, you're a blessing. <laughs> I love you so much. Go send this to a friend and ask what she wants for Mother's Day. You might not get it, but it'll be a good question, okay? We love you. God's mighty in you. Let's go. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. If you have a minute, we would be so blessed if you would take a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. You're also welcome and encouraged to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. We'd also love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We love to connect with you to hear how we can encourage you and further equip you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going.